Welcome all to another episode of From the End of the World podcast. I'm your host, Anton, uh, and welcome. So today we have a bit a bit of a different one. We are uh, reviewing an event that myself and uh, another researcher, uh, Richard, uh, went to see. Uh, hello, Richard. How are we? Hello, Anton. I'm, I'm very well, thank you. And it's... Uh... It's great to be back on your podcast, and yeah, I was uh, going to say you're you're you're. I think you're you're possibly the only returning guest I've had. I think um, so. It's, yeah, it's a it's it's a special honour. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm honoured to be returning guest, and uh, yeah, that means that I've got a hundred percent success rate in terms of re-invitations because <laughs> I think this isn't the only <laughs> podcast that I've ever actually been on. So, uh, oh well, yeah, we'll take it, take it. Uh, and as usual, yeah, you are you are you are being modest. Richard is a is a is a, is a PhD student and and lecturer now at MMU uh, in the area of kind of sociology. Um, yeah. What 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 is it that you're that you're kind of le- lecturing at the minute, Richard? Just 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 to give us so, a bit of flavour. Yeah, I'm lecturing in the sociology department. Um, and at the minute, although I'm technically a lecturer, I'm not actually mm. lecturing. I should say I'm 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 uh, I'm helping out with seminars basically. Um. So I'm not not le- lecturing specifically, but the seminars and the units that I'm working on are firstly introduction to uh, quantitative research or, or working with quantitative evidence, mm. um, which is with sociology and criminology students. And I'm also working on a unit called Global Society, uh, which is also a, a unit for first year undergraduates, which is about globalization basically oh interesting and and also for for those of you interested as well um richard's phd is fascinating and we did a whole episode on his phd so i'd also recommend checking that out and although he's trying to remember now it it, it we're, i think it's, it's it's the intrinsic and extrinsic forms of uh you know motivation and what and whatnot isn't it it was a while ago since i thought about it but um, that's yes that's right um i'm looking at basically why students come to university so their motivations for being at university and mm-hmm. then also yeah, how they make choices as well um but yeah we 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 covered at least some of that in the podcast mm, yeah it was really good so, one, so. so check that out guys um but today is a bit different so as i said we went to mm. um well basically an evening with uh, professor grayling um and it was an event I believe run by well both the Manchester Humanist Society and Atheism UK. I think off the top off the top of my head, um, and it was a talk on proving atheism by quite an uh, eminent scholar. Um, so Richard mm. and I went there to kind of uh, you know obviously review it and uh, talk about some of the themes that were brought up in the in the in the in the, in the lecture and presentation. So the title of it was yeah proving atheism, and I was actually un- unfamiliar with this uh, particular uh, lecturer. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, the, I suppose, the the atheism kind of literature in general. I'm a big fan of, you know, of, of Dawkins and Sam Harris uh, and Christopher Hitchens and things like that anyway. So I'm fairly familiar with all the, all the ideas, but I've not, I've not heard of, of Professor Grayling. So I know, I know you're, you're, you're a fan. Um, I thought, so maybe you could maybe talk a little, a little bit about who he was um, just to give us a bit of background before we jump into what, what his talk was about. Yeah, so um, A.C. Grayling, Anthony Grayling, um, he's a, a British philosopher, um, and I'd say he's, he's relatively famous as far as philosophy and fame go. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No question. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's <laughs> he's he's written over thirty books. He's um, he's taught at Oxford and he's taught at the University of Birkbeck too. Um, wow. He is also a, a vice president of Humanists UK. 
Um, and he's also now the honorary president of Atheism UK. Um, and yeah, I've I'm I am quite a fan of his work. I've read uh, I think two or three of his books. I discovered him by chance actually by uh, finding a book that he wrote about democracy and its crisis. I think it's called. Mm -hmm. uh, I found that book in in Waterstones a few years ago, and that's how I that's how I first heard of him. Um, but yeah, he's got he's definitely a very interesting thinker, and there's lots of um, videos on YouTube that um, are worth watching for anyone who who doesn't know about him and is interested in in learning a bit more about his work and, and what he has to say. Mm, he's, he seems like one of those people that has a very very broad basis of knowledge. You know, he's not a typical mm. kind of academic, right? He seems to know a fair bit about almost everything. <laughs> What's yeah. the impression I got? Yeah, that's the impression I've had so far as well. Um, definitely, I think he's well. He's written books. They're all, in some way, philosophical. I think, but they all range from lots of different topics. Um, I read one more recently about. Uh, it's called the history of philosophy. So he's tried to uh, make a, a range of of key philosophers from over the centuries. Um, He's he's tried to make them more accessible by, by sort of giving a a short introduction to well, there's countless philosophers. It's a big, big book, um, but definitely one that I'd recommend. And um, but yeah, as as you say, he's 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 written and and spoken about a lot of topics. So as um, he certainly covered a lot of ground. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I've always thought there was great value in, in 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 taking quite esoteric or, or quite you know, in some ways elitist subjects, right, and kind of. You know, bringing the, yeah. the value of, of of those subjects to the masses, which is an important mm. aspect, and, and philosophy especially is what I've I've always found it so important to you know live the sort of you know living a good life, as it were. Um, I think I think most people could could benefit from that. Like I've I've read a fair bit of sort of like the Greek philosophy, you know, Stoicism over the years, and mm. found that personally quite useful. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's really important work that, and it takes a particular skill set to be able to take those sort of ideas and you know packaging in a way that is not only accessible but relatable in a in a in a modern mm. context as well which is yeah. again he seems to he seems to do really well yeah definitely and well that's why i picked that's why i bought the book that i referred to earlier uh, that you wrote about democracy um because i picked it up off the shelf the title sounded interesting but it was one of those books where you read the first paragraph and instantly you're thinking well this is very well written it's clear and accessible um so that was the reason I bought the book and yeah, yeah as I learned more about about him I, I I learned that um yeah as you say he makes things very accessible and and interesting to people who might not otherwise be aware of the the things he's talking about mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I suppose all right so let's let's move on to the actual talk itself then so um it, so so Grayling in his in his talk I suppose he was taking a rather um Perhaps not, a, not well, quite unusual in a sense that you know there is this this assumption that you know the you know atheism in of itself is not something that is that is that is, that is provable, right? Mm. Um, and he and and he was was essentially using which which we'll get into, but using I suppose the you know logic and reasoning was was something to argue for a way that you could have a high degree of. Well, yeah, a high degree of certainty, really, from the mm. point of view of of, of different fields of knowledge. Um, 
which 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 I I liked. I mean, obviously there were, there are so many there are so many ways that you can argue against you know, against 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 religion, you know, on moral or uh, historical grounds. But that was that was that was the first thing that I quite I I, I quite I quite enjoyed. I quite liked. He, he was he was he was taking a very kind of you know philosophical uh, approach to dismantling um, mm. religion and, and 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 the way that we think about it. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah, that's right, and I think. Yeah, well, as I understand it, an atheist, an atheist is, is simply someone um, who does not believe in in the existence mm -hmm. of any gods, um, and so, as you say, it's difficult. You sort of, I suppose, he's trying to prove, in some sense, that the non-existence of something, or you could say, he's, he's trying to uh, prove that he's right to be an atheist, to take the atheist position. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think, and we can get into this. But he, he firstly talks about deductive reasoning, um, and how f if we're able to 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 make deductions to, or to use deductive reasoning, then we can be it's possible we can be certain about things. Um, but he he points out that this is only really possible in the in the the realms in the formal domains we should say of of mathematics and logic, whereas in in the the contingent uh, the world that we otherwise live in it's it's not necessarily possible to or it's not usually possible to use deductive reasoning um, to get to your conclusions so um, I think that's that's something we should maybe get into a little bit because ultimately as I understood it he's his uh, his idea of proof here is is based on on testing things with evidence and 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 reason um it's not it's not that he's arguing we can conclude that uh mm -hmm. no gods exist in the way that we can conclude that one plus one is two um it's it's a different approach more philosophical approach as you you said originally yeah i i i, I love the way that he kind of separated out the like the like the different types of yeah, of I suppose of of knowledge, but kind of you know I've made the really clever observation that all that these forms of knowledge are not equal, and some knowledge mm. is naturally, just, oh I suppose better than others, right? And, and and yeah, obviously like the ideal of 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 knowledge and uncertainty is, as you say, that 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 more mathematical kind of form of mm. uh, of, of of knowing things. But you know when it when it comes to to to, to humans, especially or you know more kind of flightier subjects, you you can't ever have that kind of kind of certainty but that 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 isn't to say that that that's worthless or that is in some way comparable to well well to faith right mm. <laughs> essentially and i and i like the way that he kind of okay okay guys this is the, like the actual kind of hierarchy of of value and, and, and in terms of how we can know things um and i i found that really that really that really quite 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 useful um and obviously as a as a researcher as well we 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 to we essentially use um well, I mean, I do anyway. As a, as a more of a quality research, you know, we 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 only really use that more inductive um, mm. kind of approach to know yeah. things, right? So, like, yeah, that's right. Our insights come from yeah. the data. We don't we we don't approach it with a, a fixed high, you know, sort of like hypothesis. No, that that's that's right. It's um, we we're using inductive reasoning all the time, aren't we? And um, so as you say, it's just because the uh. His proofs are based on in inductive reasoning; doesn't necessarily invalidate them. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I suppose 
we could we could get into those things, but I'll I'll let you lead the way, Anton. <laughs> this well, is I'm the a... trouble with a topic like this. It it opens so many potential rabbit holes. And uh, I think that I'm leaving it in your hands to ensure that we don't slide down too many of them. Well, I mean, I don't mind going uh, falling <laughs> down a rabbit hole if it's an interesting rabbit hole. <laughs> that's 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 my only rule. There'll be tan, lots tan... of interesting rabbit holes that will present themselves to us in this discussion. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, tangents are great, and I mean, I, I, I kind, I kind of wished, and I suppose we'd explored faith more because, as as someone who is, <laughs> I suppose, debated or, or argued with people of God my entire life, I've 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 always struggled to understand uh, exactly what faith is and how different mm. that is as a way of acquiring mm. knowledge, um, mm. you, know, it, you know, you know, as opposed to. The more scientific way, as in you know, mm. we as in we do experiments repeatedly, um, you know, and 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 test a obviously a, you know, a theory or hypothesis. It's it's such an alien concept to me. I still I still don't feel I quite understand what form of knowledge that is. <laughs> I find it utterly incomprehensible. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not mm. sure if you if you had the same had the same thing in your interactions with uh, people of faith as well. Well, it's a good question, and I think um, it is a difficult one to get a grasp of. And I think that a lot of people who are religious and and believe in in a god um, or an afterlife also believe in science. Um, I think there's mm, how does that some, work? Well, that's the question. Um, <laughs> but I think some people would would say that, and even people people. Um, well, I guess we're similar in this respect. We, you could, I, I assume that there is, um, there was no creator, um, but I can't be sure about it. And I think the fact that, um, or if 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 you assume you can't be sure, then there's always the possibility that you might be wrong. And um, so I think some people, they liked it. They also just hope as well. And I think mm. probably this is there's a bit of this in everyone, regardless of their their stance on religion they they hope that perhaps there is more to life than the one that we are currently in and that hopefully uh death will not signal the end uh for you and everyone that you care about um so i think that it's not just a matter of if we if we're interested in why do people uh why do people have religious faith or, or why do people mm believe in a god or an afterlife i think it part of it has to do with uh with 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 hope um and as i said more specifically hope that death is not the end i sometimes think that's what it the question comes down to yeah and and, and i i find that i suppose understandable um on a on a on a, on a human level but i've always mm. yeah struggled with that in any sort of intellectual or you know or rational capacity um, yeah, I mean, I mean, again, and 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 Grodin does does mention this, and um, I'm I'm pretty sure he actually talks about Dawkins' example, um, you know, of like what of where of where that kind of like burden of 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 proof lies. Yeah, right? well, he talks about the fact that he doesn't believe in gods or goddesses, mm. and he says something like, "Well, most people would say they don't believe in gods and or goddesses, but they'll just say I, I believe in this god or that god," and he would argue. Grayling would argue that then this suggests that the burden of proof is on them to 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 defend their position of believing in one God instead of another God. Uh, did you remember that point? Mm, you made yeah, that? yeah, 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 yeah. 
yeah because yeah because what's 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 one more god right i mean i can i can always remember um i i, I was in a, a similar discussion with a with a, a i think it was a, a pastor's wife that i that I, I used to work with and it was an inter- interesting point because we worked in a school and we and we and we, we were studying pagan pagan faiths at the time um and i i can remember how amused um she was by the idea of 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 the pagan faith, and and I found that dramatically well, I mean, like hilariously inconsistent in my head, and I was like, why why do you find that so amusing? And she's and she's again this that idea of there being multiple gods, and I was like, what is the difference from 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 you know from your point of view and theirs? Like how how is yours any more believable because you have less less gods? It's mm. And again, it's it, it's 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 struggling with that inconsistency. Like I, I, you know, I think if you're scientifically minded, it it's almost you you almost can't can't get past that um, by those 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 rules of 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 logic. But it's not about consistency, I suppose, when it when it when it, when it comes to faith. But mm. the 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 point I was trying to say, trying to trying to um, allude to here is that if if you if if you are the one making a a a dramatic claim, you know, and this would this would be the same in science, then the burden is on you to prove that claim. Simple as, mm. and, and and for some reason, I've always felt that the burden has been put on us as atheists mm. that, that somehow we have to prove that God doesn't 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 exist. And Dawkins makes this point, and Graylin Graylin made this point, and I still feel like we're on the kind of like the back foot there mm. a little bit with that. Why is that? Why is that our job? Yeah, well, that's a good question. I think um, that sort of you were getting at there. What? Because I suppose we we should also talk about. Did, have we have we summarised what atheism actually means? I think we did. But um, yeah, it's atheism is a stance where you're basically assuming the non-existence of 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 gods or goddesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I th- I think you're right. If if in with the principle that if if someone wishes to claim the existence of a god, then the the burden of proof um, ought to be on on them. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's. I mean, I'd also like as well because um, it is it is related. Where um, Graylin was, um, I suppose, comparing religion and and, and science in terms to its. Uh, uh, kind of like relationship with uncertainty, mm. um, and I, yeah, and I thought that that was kind of worth talking about because it was. I felt that was a really powerful point in his presentation. That's worth exploring mm. a bit. Um, yeah, so that's why he, he talks about the um, fact that for a scientist, the unknown is is exciting because it's it means ground to explore and things to find out about, whereas. I think his point was that from the religious perspective, um, that that's not the case. <laughs> that's a, a very nice way of saying it, though. How would how did you how did you um, that was a, early on, wasn't it in in his presentation? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Again, I mean, what, I... what was your take on on what he was saying? Uh... I mean, no, I I, I, no, I I agree with what what you're saying, but purely pure to add to that. In a religious framework, any uncertainty is is mm. is, is 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 not tolerated. Is 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 opposed. Mm. You know, is is um, counterproductive. To, you know, I suppose to the to to the framework or or structure that you're you're trying to build. It, it doesn't allow for that kind of 
No, yeah. Question. Sorry, you go, Rich. I was going to interrupt. No, I was just going to add this as well. I think it's important to mention that he was he was talking historically here as well, wasn't mm. he? He was talking about tr uh, traditionally speaking over the centuries, um, as you put it, um, the unknown and and things don't that don't fit with that framework are to be um, gotten rid of. Um, by any means necessary sometimes but um because i think that's an important point to make the the, the fact that he was talking historically because i'm sure that there are many people out there and, and perhaps some of them listening to this podcast who are who are, who are religious people who would say yeah well i'm also a scientist and i i believe in the in the scientific method um again that's it's um there's there's, compl there's complexity isn't there in in what what people believe and and how we can, to what extent that they, uh, they have, our own beliefs are compatible with uh, with other beliefs that we also hold. Yeah, I, I was I was hoping to ask uh, Grayling about this, but I didn't get a chance, unfortunately. Um, as as to how it's possible for us to to you know have such conflicting viewpoints, you know, how is it possible for you to have I don't know a, a, a kind of part time. Uh, science scientific mindset why would you not apply that same you know mode of logic and reasoning um you know to your mm. moral or, or you know it's, it's just it's just like you know what um sam harris argues in the moral landscape like it's entirely possible yeah. to create our own a whole set of moral evaluations without having to to bring in any 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 form of, of like religion whatsoever you know like we have an awareness of pain and sentience and from that alone, we can we, we can establish a, you know, a hierarchy and you know and, and have a recognition of of you know of of, of the of, of not of, of you know cruelty to animals and all sorts of other things. We, we don't there's no there's no reason there to to invite a religion. You can you can do that without that. So why would you not apply that same thing, that same process? Mm. Um, yeah, I've never had time to to grasp that. Well, I, I think. Um... One thing that has to do with all that is the fact that well, my, my stance is that we, we can always be wrong. Um, mm. This doesn't mean that I don't think there are reasons for believing that uh, one one statement or one claim is more accurate than another. But I, I do think that we're always fallible. It's possible um, that even with our best scientific theories um, that enable us to do all the the things that we're able to do in the modern world, mm -hmm. um, for better or worse, I, I feel like it's still possible that they could turn out to be even our best theories could turn out to be wrong. Um, it would, because basically it could new evidence could come light to light tomorrow. We can't, we can never guarantee that um, new evidence won't come to light tomorrow that will um, cast doubts or, or maybe contradict and refute um, the, the theories that we have today. And, and also as Graylin mentioned in the, um, the lecture that we, we can never guarantee that we're, we're not in a dream it's like i believe that you're sat in your room there talking to me on this podcast anton but um mm. could, could wake up later and i've turned out it turns out i'm in a dream i don't think that's going to happen but i suppose the point here i'm making is that if it is the, if we make the assumption that we could always be wrong then no matter what we believe we're also going to be assuming we could always be wrong so let's say we assume that there is there are, there is no god or there's um there's no afterlife for example then the fact we could also could always be wrong gives us room to just maybe be somewhat hesitant. Um, and also 
that point about hope, I think there's also a bit of us that sometimes might believe something is true, but we might just hope that it's not. And the fact that we could be wrong might just uh, give us a little bit more hope that perhaps we are wrong and that there is more to it than we think after all. So I, I suppose the, the points I'm making are that fallibility means that people can, if, if we assume that we're fallible, that we can be wrong, we can't. And, and we assume that it's possible, although it might be unlikely that we're mistaken about some particular belief, then uh, that's perhaps reason to hold on to it. But then there's also the the more the the more well, it's not a more human thing. I don't necessarily think, but it's uh, <laughs> perhaps has more to do with emotion, and that's the the the, uh, the point about hope, and that we might hope that that, that certain things are. I love that we've we've, we've naturally fall, fallen into a kind of good 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 cop bad cop kind of relationship here. You, with with you being the eternal optimist and me being the <laughs> militant cynical atheist. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to explain that point you made about why people hold contradictory beliefs, and I think we probably all do to some extent. Um, we all probably believe that it's wrong to go and shop at Primark. Maybe I don't know whether I'm allowed to uh, cite retail stores on your podcast i might get you into trouble but i expect that um if people think about it they might think well it's not the best thing to do to to buy things at primark but then they they might go and buy them anyway for some other belief maybe maybe they just don't have much money or whatever but i suppose my point is is we all um we all there's contradictions in us all somewhere i think if we yeah yeah and i i I, again because that because i naturally have that side that scientific sort of stance I don't yeah. mind being again, again, being proved wrong. That's okay. As as yeah. as, as Grading says, that that's that that's, that's exciting. The point. Yeah, that's the point that you you've raised, isn't it? Originally about uh, that Grayling made. It's that's um, yeah, that's the way to look at it from a scientific perspective. Is that um, it's this is all opportunity. The unknown is opportunity for for new knowledge and for new new work. I mean, I do, I do have a, a few other questions in relation to his talk, but just, mm. I mean, you know, with it, you know, I have a personal question. I'd like to ask you if you, you know, hypothetically say we, you know, our existing theories were were proved wrong tomorrow, and we found out that there was some form of prime mover, you know, God, mm. Yahweh, whatever, would it would it change the way that you lived your life? Well, um, it's hard to imagine that the world in which that could happen um, and what would have to be the case for that to happen. Um, and I think it's that hard to imagine it, that it's almost, well, it's, it's, it's even harder then to imagine that that all would happen and then <laughs> I'd be in a position to figure out how to respond to it. Um, I, I, I feel like if it, um, that that's, I suppose my point is, I'm not sure what could happen that would make me change to make me believe um yeah there's definitely a god and there's there's definitely uh a, a supernatural agency out there that that created the universe that, that that's that is the reason why there was ever something rather than nothing mm-hmm. um and that set life into motion i'm not sure actually maybe if someone <laughs> could introduce me to such a person or uh, i have no idea um it's a, it's hard to imagine um, like if you ask me, well, what are you going to do tonight? If you go to the restaurant and uh, you're, you're torn between the options, then I can imagine being in that position. Sometimes there's more than one thing on the menu that you want to eat. Uh, but I can't imagine this position that you've uh, 
you've put to me. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I mean, I would be willing to change my mind if if um, if I felt like the the evidence was so compelling. And um, that, yeah, I think that is the sign. Why I'd like to think of a good scientist is that although you have your beliefs, which are hopefully going to be based on evidence and and uh, very reasonable beliefs you're mm. also all, always going to be open-minded to the fact that you could be wrong and the fact that that might mean that you need to change your mind or at least revise your position at some point so yeah i'm definitely open to changing mind and re- revising my position but yeah and, and uh, for all my uh criticism i'm equally open to that it, i don't think it would particularly change the way that i saw the world or in, in terms of my kind of moral perspectives i don't think it would really have much impact other than oh <laughs> you know <laughs> okay well anyway. it's definitely a very interesting question because i think if i believed that there was definitely an afterlife and i was definitely um i i often try and act as if there is someone not watching me anyway because i think that it's good to try and uh act in ways that you will be willing to talk oh, to other you, people about you self-surveil yourself which um, is fascinating well yeah i think we all do to some extent but um yeah i don't actually believe there is someone watching down on me um but yeah, but my point was though that if I believed that there was someone watching down on me, or, or that there was an afterlife, or both, um, it would definitely change the way I live my life. It would, um, you know, I, I like reading books, and I'm always thinking oh, I'm never going to be able to read all these books that I want to read in my life. Um, so I suppose it would take the pressure off me a little bit <laughs> in terms of uh, how quick I'm going to be reading different books, and you might be less. Um, I suppose many people have had a divorce or broken up with someone and they've been particularly upset because they thought well i've only got such a such a such a many years left ahead of me whereas if you Mm -hmm. believe you've got the afterlife then there's there's the chance for uh for for romance i I gotta say it opens up a lot of (laughs) options it's an interesting question and i i've never really thought about uh, i mean i I think it's probably the best reason for a belief Mm. (laughs) for me for heaven is that you could read my books. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure I could find uh, perhaps more exciting things to do. In no, 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 I'm off that. But that's the first example that comes to mind where I think, well, what are these things on a daily basis that I'm thinking about? Because I'm thinking, well, I've only got uh, so so many years. That's what I'm assuming. Well, um, actually, I think this actually links, links really well, actually. Um, so, so the next thing I wanted to mention about, about his talk, <laughs> where, where Graylin talks about why religion why it continue why it continues to like persist really mm. to 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 the like the present day if you think about it we're continually you know like amassing you know uh you know knowledge all the time um and really on the face of it it is quite odd i think anyway that that that, that it's still that it's still pre- as present as it is um but i i i like the way that he he, he kind of brought in the you know, I suppose the 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 historical kind of uh, you know lineage of like superstition and 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 the, like the belief in fairies in, in sort of like you know like Middle England and mm. how we are kind of these things mm. are embedded sort of yeah. into us almost from an ev- e- 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 evolutionary point of view almost mm. uh, of, well culturally evolutionary mm. but um, yeah well, I wonder what your take was on on what you, on that. Yeah, so I think uh, well, he talks about the fact that religion's inst- institutionalized, does he? Doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And um, it makes the point I think that most people are religious because that was the cir- 
that they were born into religious circumstances basically so their families are religious uh, or they like me they went to a school that was um affiliated to a particular religion um and so they they grew up with religion and not necessarily knowing any different and and for many people i think it's the case certainly not being encouraged to to question or criticize it in any way and mm -hmm. so yeah i from my memory he was making the point that one of the main reasons religion persists uh, um although i think there are many but he was saying that one of the main reasons is that it's, it's institutionalized um and so that that explains it and i think there are definitely these um they're also they're sort of practical more practical explanations but i also personally think as i was getting at before it has to do with with psychology and perhaps this is where you could talk about you could link it to your point about evolution because i think um you know, the more you think about it the more well in, in in it goes both ways the more you think about it the less reason there is to believe in uh in in gods or goddesses but then also you the more you think about it the more you can see why how it how it came yeah, I'm, sh I'm trying. Them. I'm trying to think which humans were religious. Which writer it was? I'm going. I'm going to say um, Pinker, uh, Stephen Pinker. If it isn't, I'm sorry. I, I think it was who, who talks about this. Um, where you know where you where you have a kind of you know kind of hunter gatherer kind of setup, mm. and you know obviously in a in a, in a in a time where you don't have obviously actual surveillance you don't have cctv and and ways to kind of control a population um yeah that yeah kind of like yeah like religion kind of provides kind of a a almost legal moral mm. framework to kind of like enforce yeah. controls upon a population which you which you, you kind of need right Mm. You can't watch people all the time. So if you so, yeah. you, so if you're if you're in a tribe, say, and you you know invent some sort of like real you know religious rule that I don't know, eating you know f food you know like mm. like while not in the presence of the rest of your tribe will curse you or cause your foot to fall off or whatever, then that then that that can obviously positively kind of moderate their behaviour for the for the benefit yeah. of the group. Um, yeah, and which may, I, always makes sense to me. Yeah, definitely. I think. Um, also, as well, it's just there's lots of we we are very very complicated to say the least. We're extremely complicated beings, and uh, the universe is extremely complicated to us. And lots of questions emerge about how, why did life begin? And uh, I think there's some good explanations for that. But then, if you ask, well, why was there? Why is there something rather than nothing? How did the how did being begin? How did the the universe get off the ground or whatever that would mean how did it start then to some extent uh i think people can ho hold on to religion because they think well we can't be certain about any of that even if we do have good explanations then it's not like we can get back to the big bang and just uh observe it happening we can't and i think that um so i suppose my point is that i think some people's religious belief can be explained by uh just the the difficulty of some of the of the great questions and um and yeah as i was saying before the uh the fact that we can't actually be sure that our best theories about how life began 
are right. Although, as I said earlier, I, I don't think that that means that there there is no justification for believing uh, some explanations over others, and 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 for believing that some explanations aren't more accurate than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, 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 it comes down to that kind of framework and sort of you know that, mm. that kind of fixed institution. Like I mean, the only thing that we didn't really talk about, and and Gwilin talks about it a fair bit as well. Um, I suppose yeah is is that is a lack of structure to atheism itself. Like we don't have the same. Although 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 there is, I would imagine <laughs> globally probably more more atheists, right? That like I would imagine like if we're honest that, that there's probably oh, yeah, more atheists sure, than than than, yeah, than anyone else. So mm. we're one of the largest groups, but we don't we don't really have any kind of governing structure or uh, I don't know like community. Um, we're not really organized in the same way that like that there's not really kind of like a fixed rules you know to, to exactly what an atheist is or like set doctrine or anything like that it's quite it's, it's quite fuzzy as to what as to what an, athe- what an atheist is which i think mm. is part of the part of the the problem as to why we have difficulty i suppose uh yeah you know, convincing others um yeah and i think that's yeah that's a good point i think that atheism as you say it doesn't necessarily tell you too much about a person to say that they're atheist they're an atheist and merely you're stating that that if someone's an atheist they don't believe in in the existence of gods um or an afterlife that's how i understand it um Mm. but yeah if there's a lot of other things people can believe and i think one of the concerns is um that if people do not follow religion then they're not going to behave themselves i think that's one concern and uh that also opens up questions about well, if we don't follow religion collectively, then uh, how do we agree on how to to live our lives and 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 uh, and what constitutes good and and bad action and and how do we how can it how can the idea of being a good person be be meaningful and uh, I think this is where humanism is actually comes into the conversation because I think. I think it's right to say that all humanists are atheists, but humanism mm. is about um, how do we live a good life without religion, basically. It's not saying that we can't learn things from religion or um, doesn't mean that we don't necessarily use some religious traditions like marriage or funerals. But humanism is a, is about, as I understand it, it's, it's basically an outlook or a philosophy of life. Um, which is concerned with with how to live a good life uh, without without religion and without more specifically belief in in a god or or a goddess or or any gods at all. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I think I think you're I think you're right to run that in, and and, and that's a good example. Um, you know that because yeah, you're right. I think you would naturally have a a great deal of anxiety and fear. Um, you know, if if you were of mm. of a you know religious this disposition and you had doubts mm. but you were worried you know if if i leave this this for this religion what what does this mean i mean like, like a, a, good, a good a good example is one of my one of my closest friends is 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 muslim and again i would i would say that she is science scientifically minded mm. uh, you know highly sort of uh, educated and <clears throat> there are aspects of of that faith i think that she struggles with but one one of the things that i think st- stops her as it were from you know from becoming an atheist is is that fear of mm. okay like how yeah how do i 
how do I, you know, morally move on from this? Like what? Because like, because you know, because it makes sense, doesn't it? If you if if you have a a quite fixed framework, even if you don't necessarily believe the central tenet of that, yeah, you, you would naturally still miss that mm. direction and structure. And I yeah. think humanism exactly. ha- has the potential to provide that kind of okay. This is like this is another template that doesn't rely on a mm. on a on a on a on a, a you know a magic man in the sky, but yeah. it's but it but it's just as fulfilling mm. and and comfortable and moralistic in a good way and and, and has that same sense of uh, uh you know like social capital and community yeah and social responsibility and individual responsibility as well I think um because in humanism it's it's a very tolerant perspective but it's not saying anything goes it's saying that um some things are not uh that we shouldn't tolerate um that that are going to be harmful to people and and, um yeah I think you put all that really well and I think that that's another I mean I'm fairly new to humanism but one of the things I see that it does very well it seems to me support people who have um left their religion for whatever reason um Mm. and support it perhaps some people are experiencing um, they, their families disown them, perhaps because they've they've left their religion. And and I think humanism is is certainly something that's out there, and that where where those kind of people will be able to, to reach out and, and get support. And and as you were saying, I think this is there's lots of things, there's lots of reasons why people might um, not not come out as non-religious even if they they no longer believe in their religion and as you were saying it's it's it has to do with a lot of things but i think not mm. least is the fact that it would involve a complete restructuring of someone's life and they've got to tell family members or friends who they might be very close to who might not be happy about about it and um so yeah i think they're they're very complicated things and, and i think one of perhaps some atheists might be uh not as considerate of all that as as they could be. Maybe that's one reason that some people can be put off atheists, but um, that doesn't necessarily have to be the case, does it? No, I I I, I didn't even really consider the uh, social cost, as it were. Um, mm. You know, yeah, because you, you're right. Yeah, there, there's there's all sorts of shunning that kind of takes place when you leave. Yeah, the religious order. Well, I think imagine if you're. I mean, I'm not a vegan, but I can imagine if I was, if I was to become a vegan, it would be a uh there'd be so many inconveniences basically um and perhaps they're worth they're worth uh suffering these inconveniences for the sake of the cause but my point is is let's say that i decide to be a vegan tomorrow then all the people that i would usually um whose houses i might usually eat at um all of a sudden i'm a big inconvenience to them because they're not <laughs> going to want to eat vegan food or whatever i mean i'm not a vegan as i was saying but the point is is veganism uh to become a vegan you might say as well that's going to be less of a an ordeal than to become an atheist if you're religious. Um, but just to become a vegan is, I think, a lot. It's a big enough ordeal for many people. I think, I think there's a lot more complexity when it comes to religion. Um, and as I as we were saying before, also for psychological reasons, if you're going to commit to atheism, my understanding is you're committing to the belief that you've got this one life and that's it, and uh, you've got to get. Then beyond the uh, the psychological challenges that that might present to you. Um, no, that's true. Yeah, I would. I'd, I'd not even really again. Yeah, thought about that. I mean, you know, sort of like learning that. Um, I don't know. Your life doesn't have a preset meaning. Uh, can be quite can be quite destabilizing. No. And that you've got to then 
my view is that we have to find meaning in life and we have to uh, figure that out for ourselves in many ways. But obviously there are some, there's lots of well, humanism is an example that can give you some ideas about how to uh, to find meaning and, and to live a good life without religion. But the point remains that um, these are the kind of challenges that that you face if you are if you are finding yourself in a position of not not believing in in religion or gods i i feel we have gone down a, a rabbit hole here i think we're now providing a, a support space for people leaving their uh yeah well this was always the risk Anton. i think we should have had a a, a more a stricter structure no no i like it i like it i like it uh, i think it makes for an interesting conversation um but any 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 final points um that you like or, or or something that you like that you'd like to note before we finish well my suggestion would be in light of our tendency to fall down rabbit holes that uh, anyone who's listened to this conversation and thought it was in any way interesting or anyone who was thinking that maybe I'd like to learn more about AC Grayling you should watch the uh the very lecture that we attended and that we uh we did make an attempt to talk about today how <laughs> successful we were in that the listener can decide yeah, and yeah, they've yeah. watched the video and uh and had a think about what AC Grayling was actually arguing um <laughs> I suppose what we've done we haven't focused as much on his arguments as we might have done but what instead we've done is focus on the some of the questions that emerge uh because of his arguments so yeah yeah I, I think I think they're, they're the 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 broader themes that we as human beings would naturally mm. be be attracted to anyway um and it's and yeah I don't feel we would we would do justice to the intricacies of of his logic arguments to be honest no and the great thing is with the the modern world we live in that people can go and watch that lecture and hopefully we provided a a good introduction and a good incentive to, for them yes, to go and exactly watch it. and uh, and we're we're not in, we're not on commission, are we, for AC Grayling, Grayling or anyone? We just think it was a good lecture that's worth watching. Exactly, exactly. So, um, well, I I would I I would like to thank uh, atheism Athe atheism UK and the Humanist uh, Society um, and obviously Grayling himself for putting on an amazing talk. Uh, myself and Richard really really enjoyed it. And also, Richard, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to appear on the show again. Um, I have no doubt people will find it interesting and thrilling. Yeah, well, I think we certainly did. So thank you very much, Anton, for inviting me on to your podcast again. No problem. All right. Take care, all. And you've been listening to the End of the World podcast with Anton Roberts plus guests. If you'd like to leave a message, please do so after the bleep. Like, comment, subscribe, because knowledge is for everyone. Oh, no.